I am Plot on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Love, the last chapter, is the new documentary from the filmmaker Dominique Keller. She joins me now to talk about the feature-length film that is having its world premiere as part of the Doxa Documentary Film Festival. That begins tomorrow, Thursday the 6th of May, and runs until May 16th. In the film, Ms. Keller moves into a seniors facility in Calgary. This is all before COVID. We see three couples navigate love and life, as well as the people around them who might look at older people as a curiosity or novelty or worse. There's a couple that's been married for decades, another couple who had met and are about to be married. And then, as Dominique says, another couple whose status is complicated. They're not married, but uh, they want to be with each other. These are not only uh, fascinating people, they're all characters who happen to be in love. They show the viewer the human need for love at any age. It's an often moving film as well as funny. Dominique Keller is a documentary filmmaker based in Calgary, where she joined me from last week. She has directed documentaries set in Canada, the United States, Kenya, France, Bangladesh, and India. Her projects have been created for sundry networks such as the CBC, PBS, the Food Network, City TV, APTN, and the National Film Board of Canada, including this film. Visit DominiqueKeller.com and LoveTheLastChapter.com for more information. The film is available from Doxa starting tomorrow. Visit DoxaFestival.ca for tickets. The film is co-produced by Dominique Keller and Karen Pickles at Keller Media and the NFB's Northwest Studio. Please welcome to the Plant Online program, Dominique Keller. Ms. Keller, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, what's so delightful as, as one watches um, your movie is um, how you realize that um, for, for a lot of them, for most of them really, um, they don't notice there's a camera. I mean, I almost feel like I was intruding on something that I shouldn't have been watching. Yeah, and I think that's probably because um, I spent a whole month in the seniors' residence there. Mm-hmm. I actually got a room there, and I ate all my meals there. So I did my homework and really worked hard to integrate myself into that community. And I think that's why was, when you do watch the film, there is a feeling of being a part of the lodge. Yeah, and, and they, 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 um, they also don't seem to care who's watching, if you will. I mean, these tender moments that you capture of them dancing or... Or even just you know lying in bed together, um, it, it seems like everything was fair game, um, including uh, some scenes at the end of the, the movie or near the end of the movie. Were, were there things that, that, that these six uh, folks did not want to show? Say, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's uh, as it with any documentary, it's always a, a bit of a collaboration between myself and and the people that I'm filming with. And they always let me know for sure what what's a go and what's a not go. And so I was always trying to respect those boundaries with my subject. Uh, but, yeah, this documentary is exceptional in that I do have uh, huge access into the lives of my subjects. And, and really, uh, towards the end of filming, I, there was really very few things that they weren't willing to share. Mm. And so was it a long process in terms of gaining their trust? Because you obviously did have that. Um, what, what, do you, what do you talk about in terms of, say, their concerns and, and what you want to do even? You know, anytime I embark on a documentary, particularly if it's with a group of people that um, 
aren't part of what I would say the main core of society or people that would be seen as in power. And as, as we age, we certainly cede a lot of our, our power mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was really aware of, uh, before I began filming with anybody, I really explained what my motivation was for making the documentary, which is was really to shed light on what life looks like in the latter part of our lives. What does it, What would my own life look like when I am 80 years old? For me, that's always been something I've been very curious about, mm-hmm. and the media tends to tell stories about younger people, not so much older people. So I, I explained that motivation to my subjects, and then we had a system whereby they could always let me know if they wanted me to turn off the camera. And finally, they knew that I would be showing them the film once it was finished, mm-hmm. and which I did. And and um, most of them saw it. Um, did, did they did they like what they saw? Yeah, I was I was super nervous to show my subjects the film once it was mm-hmm. once it was complete, and it was certainly challenging because uh, I finished the film in the middle of COVID, and as you know, most of the senior facilities in Alberta and in yeah. British Columbia have been closed outside video visitors. So it was quite a challenge to get even a copy of the film in for them to see. But I talked to them on the phone while they watched it. And, you know, the general reaction was, wow, you really captured our lives exactly as they are. And mm-hmm. thank you for that. So I, that, for me, was probably the greatest gift I could receive as a filmmaker. So you, you have three couples here. And um, what's fascinating is that you have, a, you have a couple that's been married a long time, a couple that in, in the course of the movie get married, and then um, Ruby and Victor, I don't know how you'd describe that relationship. <laughs> That's complicated. If yeah. Ruby and Victor had a Facebook status, it would be complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so what's marvelous is that you have, you know, the, the, um, just like, you know, uh, you know, people our age or, 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 or people younger, older, um, middle-aged, um, th- these are the sort of relationships that people have, and, and why wouldn't people, you know, who are older, um, who are seniors, have these sorts of relationships? And, and so how did you choose? I mean, you lived there for, for a month um, b- before you moved in, I guess. Did you, did you settle on the, these six people? No. Um, they, they kind of found me, and they found me once I moved in. Uh, the system that I used is at the seniors' residence, you eat lunch, Mm-hmm. every um, every day at the same table. But I chose to, with permission of the residents, to change tables every lunch. So I sat and chatted with new people, actually breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that's how I met all of the documentary subjects that you see in the film. And basically I would explain to everybody what I was doing, and then I'd ask them if they were in a romantic relationship. And so these are the people that were um, really keen to play play a part in the documentary and i was extremely fortunate that you have three very different stories unfolding and as well the super interesting part is they're all friends so Mm. maybe it's just i broke into that clique right there and they let me tell the story of that group yeah there's also another relationship that that um i found quite beautiful that's the one between george and victor uh for people listening to george is, is is blind and um they really are good friends aren't they they really are, and George and Victor, and you see these relationships a lot in the seniors' residence where people build friendships based out of need, mm. and Victor helps George all the time because George is blind, 
But then George provides to Victor, Victor has told me, a sense of purpose. And as well, there, he's, he has a, a wicked sense of humor. So they, they are uh, an interesting couple and definitely... It's so rare to see such a close male relationship. Yeah, yeah. Often people comment on that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, there's such a, I mean, it, it moved me a great deal was um, when uh, George is telling Victor about um, family issues um, between George and his wife and, and um, you know, realities that, that have set in with regards to health. And um, Victor says, do you, do you need a hand to squeeze? And... Um, uh, George just says, "Yeah, no, I know what you mean," and they they give each other a fist bump, and and um, you know I'm, I'm getting weepy thinking about it. It's just it's just a, it's a small moment in in one's day, but it, but it, it it says a lot about their relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, I love that scene too. It just says so much about human relationships. Like, what do you do when someone else has enormous problems to help them, and then yeah. between two males, how do you comfort? Each of gorgeous moments that uh, I enjoyed as I was watching the movie. Um, uh, there's certainly one of them. Um, a- a- ageism, um, was that a concern that they talked to you about in terms of, of um, that, that was something that they had to navigate with or deal with on a regular basis? Oh, yes. Lots of people in the, the seniors' residence really have huge issues with ageism and the way they're uh, seen by society or treated by society. Uh, and that, that was a big motivation for making this film. It, I'm, my goal was to humanize people who are older adults because there is this tendency to, to infantilize older adults. And, sure. and you see yeah. it all the time, people talking to them like they're children and then also making decisions for them. So, um, yeah, age, <laughs> if you want to have a candid conversation with an older adult in their life and they start to open up about it, it's, it's a real struggle and yeah. something as a society we need to deal with. Yeah, and then I guess the misconception we have about older people, uh, I, I, I have this about my own life, say, is, is that, that when I get that age, those are the so-called golden years, and it'll be all great, and I'll, I'll be sitting around reading the paper, watching television all day. Um, but there are, are struggles. I mean, Jim and Diane um, talked to you about, you know, what a facility like that costs and and um, sort of the, the the financial imperatives on on their life and and uh, in the in the course of the movie they decide to make changes don't they yeah and i think that's something that definitely we all have this idea that oh yeah i'm just going to cross some kind of finish line when i hit 65 yeah, and life yeah. worries are going to disappear but what i discovered when i lived in the lodge or when i lived in the seniors residence is that no the struggle continues the struggle, and one of the biggest struggles you see is this financial struggle. Because, yeah, if you want to live in any kind of facility, it's incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did uh, living there, did that clarify any uh, ideas you might have had about, say, growing older? I mean, is, this, um, is a place like this somewhere where you'd want to live, say? That's a really good question. And honestly, that's part of the reason I moved in. I mean, who gets to have a sneak-a-peek on their old age? That's <laughs> what I got. <laughs> there, I would say that it's complicated. There are great advantages. 
advantages to living in community. Yeah. I had made lots of friends and just the little things like the little chats that I had with people every day that contributed to my life enormously. But there's also the loss of freedom that comes with institutionalized living. I mean, I had to sign in and out every time I left the facility. If I missed a meal, someone was going to come up to my room to look for me, and that's all in the name of safety. But I didn't anticipate how much losing that piece of independence was like, wow, for me. It was really extremely hard. I take my freedom for granted, and when you lose it, it's difficult. Yeah, I think I think Ruby says this in the movie. She, she and Victor are talking um, that um, you have to get up at a certain hour because someone's gonna, you know, has to give you your medicine. And you know, yeah. we think that you know once once we're retired, we, we get to sleep in every day. But you know, for for her certainly, she she can't do that. No, you you're not allowed to sleep in often because your caregiver is going to come at a certain hour to. Yeah to put your special medical socks on or to give you your medication. And, and then as well, you have to be down to your meals at a certain time. And a lot of people that live in the residence likened it to going back to grade six or being in elementary school again. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. Yeah. Well, what I think Ruby also describes it as God's holding pen. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the imperative of death, I mean, the specter of death, I should say, I mean, did you feel that on a regular basis? I mean, there's a scene in the movie where someone's being wheeled out into an ambulance, and you can see this older lady who's, who um, sees this happening, and she rushes to the window to see, well, what's happening or who it is probably. Um, uh, is this something that they talked about? You know, because it is, I guess, foremost. I mean, it's there, isn't it? Yeah, death is with you all the time when you live in a senior's residence because you do see the animals coming two, three times a day mm. and people are being wheeled in and wheeled out. And often, even in the short time that I was there, almost my entire, uh, in the in the year that I was filming, mm-hmm. the floor that I lived on completely turned over with new people. So I think when Ruby says in the film that this is, you know, a holding pen, that's a that's a rough statement for sure, and, and Ruby is is quite a, a personality, but she's not uh, entirely wrong there in that when you move into a place where people are of a certain age or in the last chapter of their life, it is much more likely that you're going to lose friendships that you make there, mm. and you're going to see death happening much more often. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the um, there's uh, the, the Funny parts are also very moving moments. I mean, when the camera camera lingers on George as as they're waiting uh, for um, his his wife to, uh, I guess, for her transportation uh, to go elsewhere. Um, you know, it just breaks your heart. Um, what's it like to be in the in the room for a moment like that, or, or that that um, scene where um, they have the big family discussion about? Um, uh, future plans. Um, even when when um, Ruby is at the the doing the physical therapy, and you can see just how frustrated she's getting, or, or the pain you know writ on her face. Um, th- these are very quiet moments, um, moving moments. I mean, it's just, certainly for me as a viewer, what's it like to be in the room as as the filmmaker seeing all this? I just don't 
filmmaker because I shot most of it myself. Uh-huh. I'm always primarily concerned with the technical aspect, which <laughs> does tend to take me out sure. of the filmmaking yeah. process a bit. I'll bet, yeah. But, you know, there's always these moments that unfold, and, and as a filmmaker, you know when you, you've got something that is, that is exceptional. And 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 so when, when I'm there for these special moments, the first feeling I feel is, like, super privileged to be there and and that gets for me that's like wow that's exactly why I do this because what other career are you going to be so embedded in someone's life that you get to experience these kind of moments if you're not a family member Uh, so yeah it's a mix of emotions but my first emotion is like gee I hope I have that in focus and my sound was good (laughs) when a big moment unfolds Yeah, I'm just thinking about doing this. The, the uh, you know, I'm in, obviously enjoying the conversation I'm having with you, but there are times where, um, you know, my mind does wander and make sure that the, you know, that I've hit record, or, or that the phone line hasn't died between, <laughs> you know, the, the 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 telephone and the computer. You know. Well, you know what I mean then. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- th- this facility um, in in Calgary. Um, is this? Um, I mean, you, 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 we talked a moment ago about how expensive a facility like this is. Um, was this sort of the? the um, I guess I'm curious to know about how, how these six people ended up there. Was it? Was this? Um, was this the plan? Say, or was this something that they decided, or their families decided? How, how did they end up there? Yeah, one thing I discovered when I lived at the seniors' residence is there are very few people that end up there that made a plan. Mm. I'm going to go move into a retirement a facility. That's my goal. No, usually it's because some sort of accident has happened yeah. or there's been quite a bit of family pressure to move in. Um, that's how most of them moved there. Health issues, they just no longer can live at home. So, and that's the case on all six of them. There was no defined plan, and they all found each other um, at that residence and became friends. But it's it's very haphazard. And I I see that over and over again the more I'm in this um, older adult space is how little people do plan for their last years. And I think it's the same reason that people don't, um, particularly are afraid of watching films about older people or even visualizing themselves as an older person. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind, and I really don't want to go there mentally. Yeah. I guess it goes back to that question I asked you earlier, but, you know, does it clarify? I mean, I, I, I couldn't help watch the movie and, and think about, well, you know, when I get that age, you know, if I, if I make it that age, what... Um, what's going to happen or, or, you know, is this a place that I would want to go to or I'd be comfortable in, in even, right? Well, that's great because that's exactly what I want the viewer to think about and that's exactly why I made this film. It's yeah. like, if you're lucky enough to get there, if you're lucky enough to stay alive long enough to be in your 70s or in your 80s, mm-hmm. what, what, is, what do you want for yourself? What do you visualize that looking like? Yeah. Um, it's a, and does this work for you? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, these, these are things that we we, yeah, we just don't think about and, uh, until we have to. Um, well, it's a beautiful movie, and um, uh, you know I can't wait for people to to, to see this, and, and they'll be able to see this not just here in Vancouver through Doxa, but uh, I guess across the country, people can go to the Doxa site and and um, wherever you are in Canada can watch the movie, right? 
That's right. That's uh, one of those silver linings of the pandemic is yeah. that DOXA is screening across the country online. Yeah. What uh, What's next for you? Are you working on another movie now? I am developing an idea around, and again, I, I won't let the cat out of the bag, sure, but sure. it's again around senior care and a different models. But this time I'm looking at international models for senior care and what those look like. So I, I am so inspired to stay in this space, um, in old age, sickness, um, dying, that whole space fast totally fascinates me, yeah. and certainly my next film will be in that space. Yeah, and it, your, your movie especially the, uh, teaches us that, that, that there is love in this phase of life, and it can be quite beautiful. Yeah, that, that for me is the most hopeful message of this film, is that right at the center of our humanity, from birth until death, is this incredible need for love and the incredible need to give love. And that, no matter what happens, how much your teeth fall out or how much of your hair falls out or how immobile you become, your desire to love and be loved is going to accompany you right to the grave. Indeed. Uh, congratulations on this movie and, and continued good luck with it. I hope a lot of people see it because it, it's a movie that um, I think we all need to see. I so appreciate your time today, Dominique. Thanks for this. Thanks so much. I appreciate your call. The websites for more are dominiquekeller.com and lovethelastchapter.com. Visit doxafestival.ca for tickets on the film. It begins screening tomorrow, Thursday the 6th of May, and runs until May 16th. And that's available across Canada, not just in Vancouver. Love the last chapter's director, Dominique Keller. Join me on the line from Calgary in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plantum.